Welcome to the Answers from Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Lalonde. In each episode, you'll hear from leaders across the world. You'll hear their struggles, their thoughts on leadership, and a parting word of wisdom from each guest. Are you ready to hear Answers from Leadership? I hope you are, because it's coming at you right now. Today we have Allie Pollan on the show. She is a former senior executive with deep experience in leadership, change management, and organization development. Now a Raider coach and speaker, she is driven to help people create a full life and achieve professional success. Allie, what else do you want listeners to know about you? So uh, thank you for the introduction. <laughs> um, I am an American expat and I live in the Australian outback. And uh, have transitioned not only my life, but my work here um, and sort of been through the transitions from company to company and now from uh, Washington, D.C. to the middle of uh, Australia. So that's that's sort of my stuff going on. Sounds like that's been quite an adventure. You're in the remote outback of Australia of all places. Yeah, yeah. So like I think the biggest moments... Um, for me and for my children, we were driving to school down our street and, uh, there was a kangaroo, two kangaroos that crossed our street, hopped across our street. And my kids said, I never want to leave. This is the most awesome place we've ever been. (laughs) That's something you don't see here in America. (laughs) No, no, never had that at home. You're a leader. So what does leadership look like to you? So I have... Uh, I'm, I know like you, right? I've worked in a number of organizations and I've seen good leadership and I've seen and experienced really just terrible leadership. And over that time, I've sort of formulated my own style and my own approach. So my view of leadership is it's about not about being able to inspire big groups or big divisions, although that's a part of it, right? For, for a lot of leaders, but it's about making a one-on-one meaningful connection. And being able to tap into that relationship that you have with someone else to help them find within what they need to spark to, to be able to be their best and do their best. I like that view of leadership. You know, it's almost a mentoring approach, I would say. This kind of stuff. Yeah, like. yeah I, you know, when I, so when I, one of my last corporate positions, um, I was a vice president of people and innovation for a large company. And I would get calls all the time um, saying, you know, we need information on this or what are you going to do about that? And I would call the directors into my office and said, you know what, I'm going to let them speak for it and speak to what they're going to do because I could tell you what they're going to do and I can speak for them, but they can speak for themselves. And so to me, I didn't see a need to be an expert in what every single person was doing day to day, but I needed to sort of empower and trust the experts that I had on my team to, to do what they knew how to do best. And I didn't know how to do. Yeah, that's awesome. Empowering those underneath you to do what they're there to they're do. There too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we all face difficulties in leadership. Would you mind sharing one or two that you've faced and what you've learned from it? Yeah. So I think one was when I went, I so when I, uh, my children were young, my children were born. I left my career for four years and I stayed home when they were little babies. 
And I went back into the workforce and my son was two, my daughter was four and went to a small recruiting firm or recruiting outsourcing firm. And, uh, I started their talent development, um, consulting practice. So I was basically their principal of consulting services. And it was this beautiful little family that like, you know, Friday afternoons, we'd all take like a golf break and like hit balls down the hall. It was, it worked really hard, but it was this beautiful little intimate culture. Um, and then it got bought. <laughs> and uh, it was bought by a behemoth of an organization that is global and um, didn't share all the same values. And I actually took a position within the new company that acquired us. And I think one of the biggest challenges for me was recognizing when my values and the way that I like to lead and the way that I like to work were just a horrible cultural mismatch with the new organization. And for a year, I struggled through it. Like for a year, I was like, boy, I don't agree with the way they view talent or that as disposable, or I don't agree with, you know, so this company would um, encourage people to bring in towels, like a tea towel you'd hang in your kitchen from home. So they didn't have to pay for a paper towels in the break room. Really? Like it, it little things that they could do for their employees. It was more about the bottom line than it was about sort of creating a place where people would want to be and work. And I think the greatest lesson that I learned, ultimately I left, but the greatest lesson that I learned is that the way you view the world, the, the culture of an organization, you can't underestimate it. I had a decent job. It was a good job. And I liked the people I worked for. I liked the people I worked with. But I needed to work for an organization that where my values could be honored as much as I could do good work. I totally understand yeah. that. When that cultural fit not there, it's hard to, yeah. to stay in an organization. Truly, truly, truly. And it was hard to leave. It was really hard to leave. And it was when I finally made the decision, like just a weight being lifted off my shoulders. It was great. Good. And I know that you co-authored a book with actually a former podcast guest, Karen Hurt. Yeah. And you encourage parents to inspire leadership in their children. Do you think children can really grasp the concept of leadership? So I don't think if we said to young children or, or your elementary or primary school age children, hey, let's talk about leadership. I, I don't think that they are fully, um, necessarily fully understand it. Even my son, who hears it all the time, you know, I make him read some of my blogs. Um, I think he's still forming what that means. But I think what we can do and what they can grasp is that leadership is kindness and leadership is caring and leadership is supporting and leadership is... Um, trusting and all those qualities that, that, you know, you and I want to see in a leader, we can find quiet moments where we can help them understand that, that those things are within them. Yeah, that, those yeah. are good, good attributes for children to learn early. Yeah, it um, is. You, know, you, don't, you don't, I don't think parents tend to focus on that a lot anymore. No. And, and it's easy, right? It's easy to sort of just get caught up in the, like whatever of life, like, you know, oh, come on, let's go, let's go, get to school, let's go, come home, do your homework, let's eat dinner, let's go to bed. The same way we do in our lives, right? right. <laughs> but, our, but our kids sort of 
are such, it's such an opportunity to sort of pass on those values to them and have them sort of incorporate that into their leadership as they continue to grow, I think. And how do you get them interested in that kind of leadership? So I think I found it's finding those moments to have a meaningful conversation. So I'll share with you a quick story that I have in the Parents Guide to Leadership that Karen and I published together. So um, I went on a hike with my children and my husband too. And my son said, I'm leading. I'm the leader. I'm the leader. And he was like off. And so he, I don't know, he was too far ahead. I'm slow in hikes. So I was worried I'm going to trip and he's fast. And uh, I called ahead to him and I said, if I can't see you, you're not leading me. And so we talked about that. We talked about what after the hike and we reflected back on that on our drive home. And what does that mean? If I can't see you, you're not leading me. What does he think that means? Now, I know what that means for an organization, right? When somebody's like in their office and not engaging with, with the people on their teams. But what can my son learn from that hiking experience that he may have the aha when he gets older? So it's just finding those moments and debriefing them in a, in a sort of lighthearted way, I think, that helps to have kids have those moments. I like that story. You know, you know, even as an adult, I think we still see people who do that same thing that your son did. You know, they just get out of their way ahead of somebody or, you know, lock themselves in the corner office because yes. that's being ahead of everybody in the right. corporate world these days. You know, it's <laughs> just a good lesson to, to grasp onto. And are there any issues that arise from getting your child to lead early? You know, I... I don't, personally, I don't think that there are because I think it's all about what we call leadership, right? So I'm not going to push my children um, to be like a student council representative as if that is the only way they can lead, right? I think what we can all do is help our children understand that leading early takes many, many different forms. One form of leadership is when you see a child crying and everybody's playing, you go over to them and say, hey, is everything okay? Do you want to play? And that's leadership. That is looking at somebody who has a need, taking the time out to really see them and helping them join the group. And that I think there's, there's in fact, not only nothing wrong with it, I think we should encourage those behaviors in our children and, and as they grow into adulthood. You, know, you said we should encourage our children to do that. How, how did you encourage your children to get involved in situations like the, the friend crying. Yeah. Or... So, you know, and it's interesting because it was anti-bullying week or day here in Australia last week. And my son won an award for kindness and caring. And I thought that was so uh, beautiful. And so I'll tell you one of the things we did when the kids were little, and I'm not going to remember the author's name, but I, I can think of it. I can picture it in my mind's eye. So there's a book called One. And this book, One, is really for the youngest of young children, but it's also for kids in sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, because and adults, because you're going to get different things out of it. So in the book one, there's all these different colors and it's just colored circles, right? There's yellow and there's blue and there's green and then red comes and red gets bigger and bigger and yellows and blues and greens get smaller and smaller because he presumably he in the book, I think, um, bullied them. He bosses them. He demands from them. But what happens is when one stands up, one, 
then yellow had the confidence to stand up too. that voice wasn't alone anymore. And then blue had the confidence to stand up and green had the confidence to stand up. So when one is willing to be brave and raise their voice, others will join in. And red was no longer dominating and in control and bullying, but red had a choice, either be a part of where we are or you need to leave. And you can have those conversations, even in the most simplistic book with colors, that it's powerful if you're in first grade and it's powerful if you are an adult. It was powerful for me to remember those lessons. And so it's just, again, sort of pulling them in. Yeah, that sounds like a great story to share with your children. Yeah. You know, we always grow in leadership, and as we get older, we learn new things. So what do you wish you would have known about leadership, say, 10 years ago? So I'll tell you what I wish I had known 10 years ago. So 10 years ago was like 2006, right? So um, I was still home with my children. I had left a major consulting firm to stay home. And that was a major transition for me. I thought I would, uh, I, I didn't ha know who I was anymore, right? Without that sort of title at work, that that knowing of, of what I do all day, every day. And then people in my mother's groups, my mommy and me group said, Allie, you are never, ever, ever going to go back to work at the same level. Never, ever, ever. You are going to take a hit. Every year you stay home, you're taking a hit. So first of all, when I went back into the workforce, I did not take a hit. I did not take a hit with salary. I did not take a hit with title. I went back. But what, what I wish I had known was that just because I didn't have a title at work, it didn't make me any less of a leader in my life. It didn't make me any less of a leader in my home and it didn't make me any less of a leader. And so I, I 10 years ago was still caught up with that, you know, what's on your nameplate, what's on your business card, as opposed to what are you doing? What are you embodying and who are you being? And I think I finally sort of get it. It's <laughs> you know? a great thing to learn. Yeah. And I know you mentioned the book one already. I mean, it's a yeah. child, children's book, but it sounds like yeah. it could be a book that could teach, you know, anybody yes. something. Yes. Do you have any other books that you would recommend to help a leader grow? Yeah. So I'll tell you uh, two books that sort of rocked my world, changed my life. So the first book I read by the Arbinger Institute was Leadership and Self-Deception about where are we deceiving ourselves and justifying our choices and decisions as opposed to honoring what we know is the right thing to do for other people and for ourselves. And I read it and I was like, holy moly, this book is amazing. And I ran out and bought the anatomy of peace also by the Arpenter Institute. And again, I, I was moved deeply about where in my own life I was doing these things and how did I need to change? And ended up taking a year of study, actually, with the Arbinger Institute to get certified in their in their practices and just study their view of the world. Because I think it's it, what's so beautiful about it is their core belief is that change happens through relationships, and we're never in silos, we're never alone. But anything that we want to do, any change that we want to affect in ourselves and in the world, happens in our relationship with others. So those are just two of my most favorite books. <laughs> Sounds like two great books. I, I love what you said that you actually took a year to go yeah. and study those books. You know, I did. A lot of times you just read the book, you know, maybe take some notes and then go put it aside and <laughs> you know, 
You know, and mm-hmm. there's such a wealth of information in, in the books that we just read once and say, okay, we're done. We, we read it. So it's, yes. you know, it's nice to hear that, hey, I wouldn't study this book. You know, I went, I went and talked to the people who wrote it mm-hmm. and found out what they felt about leadership. Yes, it was, it was a remarkable year. It was fantastic. Great. And do you have anything else you'd like to share with listeners? Wow. So um, I would say if I were to sort of leave with one thought, it's to challenge yourself to find moments of everyday leadership to worry less about, you know, leading the team or a team, if you don't, leading in a meeting, being the one to speak and get your message across and really challenge yourself to find moments to show up fully and embody who you are as a leader, the qualities and values that you hold and sort of honor them and use them, be that person day in and day out. And when you find yourself falling short, don't beat yourself up to make a commitment to do better. Great advice. Thank you for being on the show today, Allie. Where can listeners find you online? Yeah. So you can find me on my website where I blog um, at breaktheframe.com. And I am on Twitter far too much. (laughs) <laughs> and it's at Allie Poland is my uh, Twitter. Thank you once again for being on the show. Thanks so much. What a pleasure. Thanks for joining us for episode 28 of the Answers from Leadership podcast. Do you want to connect with Allie? If you do, I'll have her website and Twitter linked in the show notes. Those show notes can be found at jmlalone.com slash 028. And can I ask a favor? If you enjoyed today's episode, can you share it with a friend or two? This will help spread the word, and a personal recommendation goes a long way. Until next time, continue to lead well.